Welcome to Slayer Fest 98. This is uh, Brett White, and sitting next to me to my right <laughs> is your founder and master and commander. <laughs> Hi, Ian Carlos Crawford, and joining us today, we have three lovely guests. He is writer, comedian, and co-host of Two Old Queens. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Rennie? Am I supposed to say my name? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm Mark Rennie. <laughs> Hi, Mark. Um, Hi. And next up, we have everyone's 12th favorite cosplayer and uh, one of my podcast husbands. Hey, Amy. That's me. Hi. That's my Hi, name. Amy. Not my Christian name, but close <laughs> enough. And he is one of my favorite Twitter husbands who's also Canadian. Hi, it's Colin. Hi, Colin. Uh, <laughs> so, Brett, what are we here to talk about today? <laughs> We're going to talk about Andor Season 1. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wish. We're going to be talking about The Mandalorian uh, Season 3, um, which wrapped. Uh, <laughs> but did it even happen at all? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Brett, you go first. What do you think overall of the season? Uh, uh, just real disappointing. And let me tell you, my bar for Star Wars is pretty uh low or high i like star wars okay it is not hard to get me <laughs> on board i will say i realized today i have left the theater uh what 11 times happy and it isn't until later that i realized wait i didn't like episodes one through three uh, <laughs> so i mean like I, I i can get a real good star wars high going and this just left me scratching my head and then uh offended most Fair. of the time uh colin what'd you think overall um did i have fun with the season watching it yes was it a great season uh, you know i really <laughs> liked the end the last couple episodes Fair. um but yeah it seemed like there was a lot of Missed opportunities and wasted episodes. Yeah. Uh, Hammy? Yeah, I think that uh, it wasn't great. I My history with Star Wars is I pretty much like all of it. I'm not hard to please. I think I'm not deep into the fandom. It's just something I watch to watch a fun little story. Yeah. And Mandalorian was the first thing Star Wars that I saw. And I was like, art, 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 art. And uh, yeah, it's been steadily going downhill ever since. <laughs> you cursed it, uh, yeah. Mark. What do you what do you think? Um, it w- didn't reach the highs of Andor, but nor was it the lows of Obi Wan. <laughs> so <laughs> it was like almost worse though, in that it's totally forgettable. Mm. Um, I don't know if I'll remember. I was I couldn't tell you maybe about three episodes that were in <laughs> season three. I remember maybe three things that happened. I think I'm just not that invested in Bo Katana and her electronic headband. <laughs> <laughs> See, and I even like Bo Katana, but I didn't care. Like I, yeah. I was like, oh, cool, she's in it more. I'm gonna like this, but I just could not. Can you name? Can you describe her character and personality? <laughs> All the Mandalorians are just so like surly. Like, is there not? Where's the goofy Mandalorian? Where's like the you know the bumbling uh, drunk? You know, they're this all just so like one note dull yeah. people. Yeah. Well, that, I, and that is my overall problem with the season is they turned Mandalorians into just more fucking Jedi, and it's like, god yeah. damn it, get 
Uh, I'm trying. I have a huge <laughs> spiel about religion and Star Wars that I, I I will wait to deploy when we're further in because we're only four minutes in and I'm I'm getting hot. It's not I'll Christian there, enough. Worry, Is that the problem? You want more yeah, Christianity? Oh, Jesus. More, more Jesus. More Jesus. <laughs> more space Jesus. Yeah, I Mark. I kind of on the same thing with you. Like I didn't hate it. It just. I would watch an episode and it would like completely leave my brain when I finished. Hmm. There was a whole episode where they just fought a bird. Yeah. Do we remember that that happened? It was just them saving Jimmy Kimmel's son from a bird. (laughs) And really like, fuck that kid. Just let him go. Yeah. God. And then they bring, they, they then like get those three little bird legs. They're like, well, I guess they're Mandalorians now. Uh, did y'all leave them on that planet? <laughs> yeah, what where, happened to those where are they? Were they going to get helmets and jetpacks? Like, why <laughs> Why do you introduce three bird Mandalorians? And then like everything <laughs> else in this season, by the next episode, who knows what happened? <laughs> They're gone. <sighs> yeah. Yes. Like, I, I also feel like the... Mandalor- Mandalores? Is that was that the is that the correct pluralization of Mandalorians? Mandalorians. Yeah. Okay, the Mandalorians. I, yeah, I. What you said, Mark, is so true. Like they, when the one guy dies, I was like, oh, all right. Like I, yeah. I, I guess I, his trait I, was that he liked his son, which is wow, fascinating. Let me learn more about the, that character. <laughs> next episode, <laughs> next episode, his son don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. There's no reaction to his death whatsoever. And they made a big stink about like these two tribes are meeting. However, will they meet? And then they play chess and then they start to fight, but then Grogu breaks it up. I'm no, like, no, I don't, no. I, what's also what's the difference between these tribes? One likes wearing helmets and the other doesn't. Is that it? <laughs> one's then, religious and one's not. And then when Katie Sackhoff is like, well, I'm wearing helmets now. And then Armour is like, no, actually, you can now take your helmet off. And she's like, what? And she's like, yeah. And they're like, OK, <laughs> there's no fucking problem. It's I almost like it didn't, didn't like matter that. at all. Yeah. I didn't like oh, that know? beat where she was suddenly into wearing helmets, because when we met her in the previous season, she was like, no, that's fucked up that you guys do that. Okay, so I'll get into it. <laughs> okay, my, so the entire my entire uh, thing with the Mandalorian seasons one and two, and why I related to it so fiercely, and why I loved it, and was kind of gobsmacked that Star Wars was going down this route, was Mandalorian seasons one and two are a man putting his love for his adorable small little blue, green son over his religion. It is him learning that the religion that he so adheres to. Uh, actually is impeding his, his own personal growth. And again, the love for his son. And it is so fucking transparent because twice he has to take off his helmet in order to do something to save his son. And like, <laughs> I think that any gay son whose uh, fathers are still adhering to Christianity instead of <laughs> loving them would uh, relate to this. <laughs> And so, like, it was so cool that Star Wars was doing was showing that, like, sometimes you have to reconcile your religion, maybe cast away some of the stuff that, you know, is kind of useless and adapt because your child is more important than that. And then what happens this season three is Din Djarin's like, cool, well, I immediately need to go baptize myself and just get more committed. And then I need to drag my tiny son into it as well. And Bo-Katan, you're cool. You're into it as well. Everyone loves this religion. And it's like, that's not the point of the fucking show. <laughs> Why are you doing this? It just yeah drives me absolutely crazy. Because also what you sacrifice is literally anyone having a different opinion 
of any anyone. Like, and, and uh, we get stuck with a whole bunch of Mandalorians wearing helmets. Stunt people in helmets are the performers of this show. <sighs> so how do you really feel? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't take his helmet off once this season, did he? No, which no. I think is because he was filming The Last of Us. I was just about to, because Brett, I feel like you always know the background. It felt like he wasn't there, right? <laughs> He's never been there, though, right? I feel like he wasn't there in season two. I feel like he's only there when he needs to take the helmet. I wouldn't be if I was Pedro he's, Pascal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's talked before. Like, they've been like, no, he's there. No like, way. They've never acted. <laughs> he's never faked like he's been there 100% of the time. But he has joked around or in, inferred that he's there at least 60% of the time, which I would say is in reality 20% of the time. <laughs> well, you can tell like this, year, this year. They put Brendan Wayne and Latif Crowder, who are the actual people in the costume. They actually put their names in the credits for the first time. Mm. So I think that is probably. Mm. Yeah, where are their daddy thirst tweets? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that doesn't seem fair. <laughs> you know, Brett, everything you said is exactly, I think, what pissed me off. Because I kept thinking, did we miss a step? Like, he was forsaking his religion. That's what he did. But. Now here we are, right? Yeah. The The most egregious thing to me is, though, is Bo-Katan, who in season two was like, oh, when I love that scene when when Din is like not taking off his helmet and you can just see her kind of like roll her eyes and like, oh, God, he's one of these. <laughs> you know, that's he's an orthodox. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, God, he's wearing a short sleeve button down shirt and a necktie. <laughs> like, you know, and, and that's and that was cool. And like there would have been some interesting what was the conflict of this season? That is the other main thing is like, there was no conflict. And at every moment when John Favreau could have introduced, Oh, Bo-Katan is a staunch atheist and she saw a fucking mythosaur and everyone else is telling her, you know, that's a sign from our God or whatever. She should be like, no, there's literally an extinct dinosaur. Like, but no, she just like, uh, sorry. <laughs> I can just start to uh, keep going. It, it just <laughs> drives me crazy how everyone was just on the same page the entire I, time. When she kept doing that, when she was like dancing around that stuff, I was like, oh, she's doing this because she wants to like get something out of this. But then, no, she didn't. Right. She joined the group, I guess. Right. Yeah, because she could have used that to just be like, well, I saw this monster that you guys worship. So like you come join me now. And what they should have done is have several episodes of them just finding all the Mandalorians that were supposedly spread across the galaxy instead of going to find the one group that she already knew. And that's <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. And like, I saw, I did see a few tweets that were like, Ooh, like people surprised about the Mandalorian religion and have never watched other star Wars. Like the Jedi have always been there. Like I saw a couple tweets like that and it's like, Right, but it still sucks. Like, Well, and also, <laughs> I mean, Hey, uh, the Jedi were not good. <laughs> I was going to say, we had several movies that indicated that their religion was dated and was the entire reason that they fell. Yeah, right? <laughs> there's a whole trilogy that George Lucas himself wrote about that. <laughs> and also, those characters aren't interesting. That's right. like any yeah. character that is so dogmatic and just like they're not they're inflexible. They don't have their sticks in the muds like those are not the fun characters. Yeah. You need to have characters to bounce off of them like Amy Sedaris should have been the co-lead of this fucking season. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the only fun religious fanatics are Margaret White and Carrie. Like, she, I don't want her to change. Yeah. She's perfect just the way she is. But I don't think this Mandalorian faith is particularly interesting. Like, I don't really care. No, like, like, what are the tenets of their beliefs besides wearing armor or not? Or, one you know what I mean? speaks unless one knows. Like, <laughs> Well, let me write that down. Oh, God. Let <laughs> me put yeah. that on a pillow. Do you guys, <laughs> wait, I have a question for the class. Do we think they take their armor off when they have sex, or do they like fuck with it fully on? Oh no, they're just full clanking. On, like, furries. <laughs> I, Hammy, what, what do you think? I'm just, I'm just picturing all the different ways now. I'm thinking armor off, helmets on, armor <laughs> on with a hole in it, sheet with a hole in it. I do love that. Yeah, I do love picturing all of these different things. <laughs> Also, what happens if, like, they're in a fight and, like, well, does their armor or their helmet ever just get blown off? Like, does the then, does the Mandalorian just, like, freak out and be like, don't look at me! You know what I mean? Like, what do they do? <laughs> what happens in that situation? And also, like, what is the actual point of not, yes. what does not taking off your helmet symbolize? I was just about to say that, Brett. I, I kept feeling like I, again, like there was a step missing because it felt like, one, the Mandalorians were, like, way more accepting this season. Like, the armor lady pisses me off all the time because she's like the head of the religion. So she says like dumb bullshit. But like even in the finale when she was like, no, he can't be baptized. He's not your son. And then he's like, I will adopt him. And she's like, well, wonderful. Now we can baptize him and you can train him like your son. And it's like she switched so quickly. Yeah. But like prior to this season, it felt like her personality was more that first part where it's like, nope, we have these strict rules. And like, I just don't fucking care. Right. Right. They're, yeah. Well, and it's also, I thought that it's like, well, I thought that when they became the clan of two with the mud horn as their signet, what a fucking sentence that I just said. That's wild. <laughs> uh, like when, when that happened, I thought that that's when he became his son. So I don't know why that was treated as a plot point in the finale. It's just like, we did that. Yeah. Like what is, how does their relationship change now? You know what I mean? Like they're still sticking together. <laughs> I didn't get what the point was. Okay. So he's now, but you're still the duo you were at the beginning. I so that is emblematic of the main another main problem with this entire thing is like they fight for something to change it changes and they immediately forget so like grief Karga offers Din a spot on Navarro he's like no I need to go to Mandalore and then he then takes all the Mandalorians to Navarro they save them from the pirates and grief's like yeah cool I have all this space you guys want it and they're like cool and then they all live there for like a day and they're like but we need to go back to Mandalore so then they all go to fight Mandalore they they take their planet back and then Din is like cool I'm moving back to Navarro <laughs> yeah <laughs> Like, like it was like I know he's gonna end up there. Just fucking do it. Like why? Yeah. That's the point. Because I thought it would be cool if they're like, okay, we, Mandalore, we cannot go back to. We've been given this plot of land on Navarro. It will be interesting to not only see our two Mandalorian sects learn how to live together, but now we have to learn how to live together in a society that isn't completely Mandalorian. That's interesting. There's conflict baked in there, but no. And we does have to go else? Ret- just think of Dave Navarro, the, hair day, yeah. the, the Chris Angel of the Chili Peppers. I, honestly, like, why has he not? Was it Flea? Flea was in Flea Obi-Wan. Was in Obi-Wan. So put, no, yeah. put Dave Navarro in this. Yeah. Wasn't, wasn't Flea also in like a horror movie randomly recently? He was popping up and he's been popping up in things. Yeah, I feel like he's been popping up and shit. Yeah. So like, <laughs> Colin, try to tell us what the plot of this season was. To retake Mandalore. A very long, circuitous route <laughs> to retake Mandalore. <laughs> and who was who was keeping it from them? 
because the first time that we go there, it's empty. Yeah. <laughs> so I actually did look this up. It's at the end of the Clone Wars, the entire planet is completely carpet bombed and they believe yeah. it's unlivable. And that's, but no one's actively keeping them from there. They just think they can't go back. And then when he goes back and he's like, oh, wait, oxygen's cool. And then Bo-Katan goes and sees ox- oxygen's cool. Then why do they need to, like, get a then, fleet to go retake this planet that they think is empty think and inhabitable? I guess they wanted to kill the mythosaur that was living there. But also, <laughs> then we find out that there's a group of Mandalorians still living there since the mm-hmm. fall of Mandalore. Who didn't well, and- think to, like, message anyone and be like, hey, guys, come home. <laughs> We're good. Oh, well, no, there was a there's like a cloud or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, but they can fly up above it. <laughs> yeah. What drives me crazy is actually Gideon has an Imperial outpost on Mandalore, which is actually a reason why they can't go back to Mandalore. And if they had introduced that in episode one, maybe some of the conflict of the rest of the season would have felt like conflict. <laughs> And it was just hard to care about the planet, like this planet you may have seen in like the Clone Wars 15 years ago. You know, I don't remember anything about Mandalore and why it's even worth saving. So it's all theoretical when you're watching season three. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It felt like I didn't like fully understand the like disconnect of like, well, we can't live there. Oh, look, people do live there. Oh, look, there are all these droids. Also, Did they ever explain who those droids were that were living there the first time we went there this season? No. No. (laughs) Of course they didn't. (laughs) The random evil droids that appear when people... I kept going back to that. I was like, what about those droids? Like, I thought they were going to be, like, villainous droid sect that took over the planet, but I guess not. And, And so that also... So there were two episodes this season that were kind of the fun... I mean, fun in quotation marks. I don't even know at this I point. I your quotes. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, like diversion episodes. We got the episode three, I think, was all on Coruscant. World was like 80% just on Coruscant with Dr. Pershing and us learning about the Imperial Am- Amnesty program. Yeah. And then like episode six was the like kind of law and order droid murderer uh, or murder droids with on the Jack Black Lizzo planet. <laughs> oh, that was <laughs> terrible. <laughs> what a scene! What a sentence out. So like, so yeah. What did we think about those two diversions <laughs> from the Mandalorian uh, mania? <laughs> Mark, <laughs> I didn't hate the Coruscant where we're just following the Doctor personally because I do like seeing like the everyday ground level. I like seeing Star Wars in that world. Like, just what mm-hmm. is it like for regular people? Like, that's one reason why I really like Andor because it showed you like, oh, what is life like under Imperial rule? You know, I, mean, I like kind of that. So I appreciated that episode, but ultimately it leads to nothing. And it yes. also the show. All the spaceship stuff <laughs> effects are amazing. Whenever there has to be an actual human being in the frame, I think this show oh. looks like trash. Am I crazy? <laughs> no, you're not. No. You can spot the volume a mile away. I'm so good at spotting like, oh, we're in the volume. I could tell has no one's gotten- ever against the wall. We're always, the action is always in the middle of a round room, 12 <laughs> feet away from worse? the wall. <laughs> it's gotten worse. Right? The like, lighting some- too. You could tell the lighting is always like too soft. Like this doesn't look like a real place get out of here maybe they're f- maybe they're renting it out on the weekends and whoever else is getting it is like not putting the lights in the right Those deadpool place. three people fucked it up <laughs> wait where did you say they always were that you could tell 
They're in the volume. The volume is that new, like the technology. There was a big thing in season one. Like ILM is, it's like a living green screen, like essentially where like all the project, it's like, you know, it's a new piece of technology, green screen. They're performing in front of project, like 360 projector screens. Like all those backgrounds are really there and the camera captures them with like the same fidelity as if they were like CG'd in. And so also all of the light like if you put like a picture of a sun above them, it lights them with sunlight. Like that's how uh, real it looks. And so like it was cool in season one because it was like, oh, my God, they're going to all these locations. But right. really, they weren't. It has just when Andor Andor ruined it really a lot did. of this <laughs> because Andor used practical sets and like went places. And yeah. before I couldn't really tell the difference between volume and the real world. Um, but now, like, Andor just looked so spacious and real. That was my major problem with this season was it started to, like, I could feel the Disney of it all, mm. <laughs> where season one especially, like, felt so amazing, felt so fresh, felt so unique. I just feel like, I was like, oh, the CG's bad, classic Disney plus TV show. And I was just like, oh, there's just a bunch of nuggets that don't really mean anything. And they'll maybe some writer will pick them up later if they decide to. None of this matters except for telling future stories and making spinoff series. And that's what kind of drove me crazy. And that episode specifically, I was kind of bored by it. And I was like, it's fine. This will pay off. It's slow, but (laughs) there's a reason we're doing this. No, no payoff. I I was (laughs) just, I hated the episode more by the end of the season. I was like, (laughs) I can't believe I wasted my time watching that episode. I realize, like, you introduced the Imperial Amnesty program. Isn't it a more interesting storyline if Gideon gets back to Coruscant and they put him in that program? And then all of a sudden, Din Djarin's like, what the fuck? Like, no, you put him like he's working out of a shop or something. Yeah, <laughs> like there's interesting stuff to say. But at every single turn, John Favreau just took the path of least resistance and then just like. Like Jack Black's character was also a part of the amnesty program. How do we feel about him? Does is is he reformed? Was he evil? Like does he just like what? I don't he, he got put in the program and got Lizzo as a wife. I don't know. <laughs> I I get I want I, 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 so aspiration. I'm, I'm like trying I'm like don't word it like you're one of those fans cuz right like of course, there are the fans that like just hated that because it's like, how dare they put Lizzo in the star? And it's like, mm. fuck off. Right. Like, I don't care. But I did think that whole episode was so cringy. She can't act. She can't act. Yeah, it was. This yeah, is that like, one. and I hate to say it. Like, I like that Lizzo, the person, got yes. to hang out with Baby Yoda. Like, I love that for her. Yeah. <laughs> but as a storytelling, I don't really know. She might have just been miscast. I think maybe she's more in a role that's more Lizzo like. Like, if she was mm. playing like a pop star in the Star Wars world or something, I think that True. might her performance would probably have been like better. I wanted maybe. there to be like a droid in that droid bar. That was playing the flute and it was voiced by Lizzo. That's <laughs> yeah. all I wanted. That Just like a Lizzo droid. That would be incredible. And then people are mad that. she's playing the ancient Jedi flute that no one should touch. They've <laughs> <laughs> you know? never heard of before. <laughs> yeah. God. yeah. I think the payoff that you're all talking about is exactly what bothered me because like the Dr. Pershing episode, I did think was good, but it didn't matter, right? Like right. I I it, it feels and Brett, we kind of talked about this in the Quantumania episode where like now it feels like the the annoying critiques people have had about Marvel and Star Wars that weren't true, 
you know, 10 years ago now are becoming true. Because, <laughs> like you said, Hammy, you felt the Disney of it all, where it's like, no, put that in because we may do that later. Mm-hmm. And it feels like with this, with Boba Fett, that, like, they just need to do a, like, Tales of the Star Wars universe show that, like, every every one of them, maybe we get two episodes with the same character, but, like, we're going from planet to planet to whatever to, like, do that, right? Because then it makes sense. But, like, all of these shows having episodes for other shows doesn't work. And I think... Oh, God. Right? I had two friends, two of my friends who both, like, like Star... They're not, like, deep in Star Wars like I am, but, like, mm. like Star Wars. Like, they are, they're on board... And they started season both both them started season three and we're like wait what did I miss I watched all seasons one and two well how did Grogu get back with him I was like ah you got to right. go watch the book of Boba Fett isn't it crazy how Disney Plus did not tell you to do that or they didn't <laughs> even do a previously on with yes. the scenes that are on their streaming service <laughs> why did they put that and now the other thing is like this season talked about Grand Admiral Thrawn and like he was mentioned at least twice definitely once very blatantly he's he's over in ahsoka guys that storyline's not gonna amount to anything in this for some reason we're setting up ahsoka like i was wondering why i was like oh he's gonna pop up at the end he's gonna be the big bad behind it all at the end then he didn't fucking pop up and i was like oh why the fuck are we talking about him so much? And, here you <laughs> yeah. know, that's and then the whole thing with like, I guess they wanted to clone Grogu so they could have like us, like the Avengers in one person of Star Wars people, like, cause we needed the Jedi component, but then, which is like, I guess an interesting idea, but then you never even see that realized. Like what does a clone with like Jedi powers look like? I'm curious. Yeah, why wasn't there one Gideon clone that was actually like at least half baked and could have fought and we yeah. could have seen what this force grafted onto him yeah. yeah no what no just kill all the clothes so that they don't have to worry about that so that giancarlo esposito can do his day on set <laughs> do the imperials not know about midi-chlorians <laughs> Shh. i think disney doesn't talk about that right like okay. Because, like, his whole thing was, like, we were going to study this child and, you know, find a way to get force powers. Like, don't we know how that works? I mean, they might not. That might be, like, weird lost knowledge from, I don't know, Qui-Gon era. From 30 years ago. (laughs) Yeah, from 40 (laughs) years ago. Fair enough. (laughs) Brett, have they mentioned midichlorians at all? Uh, I don't think. I don't think they have. I don't think they have. Yeah. Because I, uh, you know, Mark, we're, now that we're talking about it, I'm thinking yes. of your Obi-Wan comment because I didn't love Obi-Wan, but you're right. This is almost worse because this is like boring. You, re- I remember <laughs> being annoyed at Obi-Wan. I remember at least uh, what's her face. I remember disliking Obi-Wan a lot more than I just, this just smelt, felt more like Obi-Wan felt rude. This feels more like <laughs> inessential. <laughs> Like this, I will forget. I've already forgotten about Mandalorian season three. And we were talked about it five seconds ago and I've forgotten. <laughs> Another thing, these Mandalorians, their helmets, they look 3D printed. I don't like it. <laughs> uh, a positive thing I will say, though, is I liked all the color combinations. Very interesting. Like they had like an orange helmet. I was like, oh, that's a cool. A lot more pastels than you would think. Yeah, I'm into that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I wish, I think something that would have, I don't know. And this goes to like, Brett, I don't know if you'll you'll agree with me. Like even like buying an action figure, if it's like Iron Man, I got to have the regular face there too. And if I display (laughs) it, I put the regular head on. I think 
that a reason I felt so disconnected from all of these people is because I didn't fucking see their faces. Like, yeah. when that guy died, until which one of you said that, I, I forgot that he was the dad. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, that's the <laughs> right. big guy with the gun. Like, we see yeah. him with a gun a lot. I don't know. Like... You fucking he's been on the show since episode one and <laughs> oh, like Jesus. yeah oh, no he's in the first episode and i don't know if we ever heard his name until recently until he died <laughs> yeah. this um, is what's so bad about this season is like i loved that character until this season i was just like yeah big daddy gun like he's just sure. the big guy who has the gun and if they would have killed him off in another season i would have been like no my favorite mandalorian is dead <laughs> and this season i was like whatever man who fucking cares there's so many of them now because <laughs> i think there's something to be said when you don't spend a lot of time with something you're able to imprint or like oh they're actually very yeah. compelling right. but then when they start showing you more you're spending more time you're like oh they're actually like really bored and they don't have a personality at all <laughs> there was something to the first two seasons that I think was really cool that made Mandalorian feel interesting was that every episode really did feel like it was the product of a writer and a director mm. playing in the universe. Like I remember like Rick Famuyi was a heist episode in season one or like Filoni's gunslinger episode in season one. Like there was an actual everything felt different and like cool. Whereas there's something about John Favreau he's just he's kind of just like levels everything out like there's he's just kind of uh he's there and he just kind of turned this season similar to book of boba fett into like it's there like rick famuyiwa directed three episodes this season i couldn't tell like there was just some sort of haze of sameness to to this that and it was feel like the stories are so thin too like there's not a lot happens in every episode it's just basically like fetch quests which has been yeah. a big complaint and like but i feel like the scripts are like five or six pages long <laughs> and costs so much money yeah Still. <laughs> yeah you know what as i watched the final two episodes while working today, Mark. Um, Very I, good. I approve. <laughs> I I was like, oh, wait. Like, I kept thinking, oh, this is the last one. No, this is the second to last one. It was just a, there was a lot of shooting. And I love my, like, sci-fi superhero action-y stuff. Like, <clears throat> for My Bloody Judy, we just covered Alien Covenant. I am an easy sell on stupid sci-fi action. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, for me, it's just like, oh, that's fun. Like, it's like, it reminds me of, like, when I'm a kid. But, like, this felt like... Like you just said, there was four pages of script and then we got like 10 pages of like right. shooting. And after a while, it got a little, I don't know, fucking whatever. Well, there's right? no like tension. There's no like rising stakes. There's no like yeah. these action scenes. You are just like perfunctory. Yeah. Yeah. Remember in the season two premiere when Boba, when uh, Din Djarin had to team up with Timothy Oliphant and the sand people to fight that crate dragon that just kept puking acid on them. <laughs> like, yes. I remember like the first time that dragon just started throwing up everywhere. I was like, this is madness and I love it. And there's nothing, nothing that unhinged in this season. It's just the only thing, personality. The only, the best moment of the entire fucking season was them shoving Grogu into IG-12 and him <laughs> just punching the yes button over and over again. <laughs> that is the only good moment of the season, I think. And it's because it was the only, like, stupid moment. It was the only silly, <laughs> yeah. stupid moment where you could feel Din under his helmet being like, oh my god, <laughs> stop! <laughs> <laughs> Which is a dynamic that you can build a show around. 
I do think that's my biggest problem. Like this season, I felt like Grogu was just like an after. He's just he's basically like a living emoji. He doesn't do yes. anything. He's just there to be like cute and like wink and like be sad at times. But what has he learned throughout the season? How has he grown? Besides, you know, nothing. He and got like, indoctrinated into a religion. Am I supposed to feel good about that too? Like, oh, this baby is now part of this religion and having to fight. Like, am I supposed to be like, yeah? How good is he going to wear a helmet? He's got ears. <laughs> when <laughs> are they going to let him have ears on his helmet? Uh, make hmm? him a little Wolverine helmet. <laughs> I, I also okay. They also need to like, and I did. I will say fully. I loved. I still teared up at like them towards the end, like when he's, when Rogu saves him and just hitting the no button, I was like, Oh, I do love them. Thank you for mm-hmm. reminding me of the thing I like about this show. But like, I, we need to stop being like, Oh, he doesn't know how to use his powers. And then he uses his powers like oh, right. 10 mm. minutes later, because I just like this whole finale, I kept being like, you're so cute, but like, why the fuck aren't you using your powers? We've seen you use them. So- Season one ends with you saving everyone in that fire. Like, why aren't we doing yeah. that, right? Yeah, but we didn't get to see the training montage from Book of Boba Fett in this <laughs> season, so we don't know yeah. that he can use his powers. Uh. <laughs> I did love the Praetorian Guard. Like, I love hmm. those stupid red uh, Imperial Guards uh, from Last Jedi because they're just so extra. They all have their huge, huge helmets and their weird weapons, and they're just so into themselves. And I, I liked, I liked them uh, debuting here. I don't know. You Try know, to find anything I like. <laughs> <laughs> There's also something I realized watching this last one. It's like anytime Star Wars goes to a planet that is meant to be vaguely like cyberpunk or like Blade, Runner, like yeah. Star Wars can't be cool like that. It doesn't quite work. <laughs> like they never quite because you can't go a cyberpunk world has to be rated R. You know what I mean? It has to be edgy. Yeah. And there's just lately nothing really that edgy about Star Wars in a cyberpunk world. It just doesn't. I don't buy it. I mean, Andor pulled it off in the well because Andor did every like that yes. first shot of uh, Cassian walking through that city. And there are all those like bubbles where the inference is those are peep shows. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't even get that. Because there are like sexy women inside these little like windows and they're like, like people watching them, but he walks past them. I Yeah, it, man, they were able to sneak a lot of cool shit <laughs> into that. I will say, I think the cyberpunk point you're making, Mark, I, when I watched, I, for, I don't even remember which episode that is where like he's standing outside of that bar and it's like, I think it's a Lizzo episode, isn't it? And I was like, does this look mm-hmm. bad or does this just look weird because a Star Wars character normally isn't in a setting like this like i couldn't my brain couldn't decide maybe it's both yeah it's probably both (laughs) probably both because like there's like one shot of him and i mean you're right they were always standing in the middle he was never and it's like everything looks like background and it is background but it's like shiny flat background Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i couldn't tell i was like is it the design of this weird but yeah i just like they do like desert or like sweeping brooms in a ship well but then it's like mm, a city city they love disney loves a hallway they love a nondescript gray hallway which is what 50 percent of ant-man was and a lot of what this last episode of mandalorian was was mostly hallways i did like i do think that we did get i liked i liked the uh din versus all of the um best car troopers i guess we can call them I like with all the doors 
with all the red laser walls yeah, and yeah, him, yeah. like taking down two and but but also that is uh from phantom menace with mm. uh obi-wan watching darth maul kill qui-gon but still it was it was a cool fight scene just because he was like picking up new weapons after he beat them up because he didn't have any and then him yelling at r5 d4 to take like that yeah the little mouse droids star of the show r5 yeah. But then after, oh my God, but then afterwards he was like, you did good, kid. Can we talk about how horrible the dialogue was <laughs> on the show for a season? <laughs> I, you know, not even the dialogue. Well, yes, the dialogue. It really felt like everything was phoned in because I will say even some of the fights, especially at the end, I was like, everyone's moving yeah. really slow. Right. <laughs> the <clears throat> final fight after he goes in and the Praetorian guard has taken out Grogu's Zord. <laughs> they, they went from being so badass fighting the big Mandalorian in the last episode to here. They were just kind of like, even when Grogu was using the force, he just, they just kind of tripped over themselves. Yes. <laughs> Grogu running around that little ceiling uh, thing to yakety sacks. Like that's what I want. <laughs> 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 it basically was that, right? Like, yeah, and like when when he when the Mandalorian walks into that scene, him and the guard that attacked him both move so slow. It's like they're slowly hitting him, and he just like grabs his. It looks like he's like embracing him almost. Mm. I it, it's weird, right? Because Sean Favreau did do the previous two seasons, right? So he, my theory is that yeah, he did. He wrote most of them, but he had a lot more help co-writing, and there were more. He didn't really direct much. Dave Filoni is what I think is the secret ingredient because he uh, was heavily involved in seasons one and two. And now he's he left to go do Ahsoka Mm. and left Favreau kind of on his own to do Boba Fett and Mandalorian three. And I feel like we're going to see a lot of good stuff in Ahsoka that we're like, oh, that's where that went. (laughs) Mm. I hope because also. And I, 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 God, I, I feel like we're all being so negative, but it's just this season isn't that good. Fucking Moff Gideon showing up felt a lot like Emperor Palpatine showing up in Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> yeah, I was right. worried this whole thing was leading to Palpatine, the cloning of, from Rise. <laughs> I was so worried. Like, is that where we're not going back there? Are That's, we? Nobody like that. Excited <laughs> to learn more about Project Necromancer. Yeah, over the next several <laughs> series and movies. Yes, <laughs> God. Oh shit! Right, because it does have to go back he does have to reappear right yeah i mean He's, it's all leading to that and apparently uh, gideon was like oh i'm just gonna steal this tech and try to clone myself uh, <sighs> i don't want that though i hate that like that's the thing that mo- i mean rise of skywalker is bad on every front but like that was the thing that pissed me off so much where it's like well, here's the final installment and oops, we forgot to mention how Emperor Palpatine is here, but he's always been here, so no big deal. And like <laughs> I I couldn't even remember how they ended with Moff Gideon at the end of season it is season 1, right? Or is it season 2 where like he like gets the saber? Well, season 2 he season it ends two. with him getting captured. Okay, right. Yeah. I just I remembered the like saber coming out, but I couldn't remember much else oh, and yeah, it just and then at the end the saber doesn't even matter. Yeah, 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 it it just just crushes destroyed. Like, oh, all right. God, wait, it was destroyed. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) during the fight with Bo Katan at the end. And it it was she's holding, he crushed her hand around the the hilt, right? Yeah, and like crushed it. 
So oh I don't well, even, I don't even think I fucking realized that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, and the other thing, like another loose end that I thought could have gone somewhere was in ep- the end of episode five or whatever, when uh, Captain Carson Teva, the Kim's convenience. Uh, oh, yeah. X-wing officer. Oh, right, right. When he finds he's the one that finds the ship that was carrying uh, Gideon to the tribunal and it's been broken into and they find traces of Beskar. And I was like, oh, that's interesting, because what if he now is blaming the Mandalorians for it? Then we get New Republic versus Mandalorians, even though it turns out it was actually Beskar Stormtrooper. Like, but no, no, he just doesn't do anything with that information, even though he knows only one group of people have Beskar. And another thing where it's like, well, that could have been a conflict that could have been interesting and gone somewhere. But. No, nah. he just went back to the bar and kept drinking. <laughs> Which I mean, it was a good that's a good bar. I like that plan. <laughs> it it also was weird that like and I mean not that I wanted this, but because Boba Fett was so much a Mandalorian show, it was weird we didn't like go back to any of that. Um, other than like the plot lines that happened for Mando in Boba Fett. Like the my theory or like the reason so Boba Fett was supposed to be Mandalorian season three. Uh, which in the pandemic fucked it all up. I wrote a huge article about it uh, because like the actors were given scripts that said like Mandalorian season three. And it wasn't until the show was announced that they even knew they'd made Boba Fett. But my theory is that like that Mando uh, episode of Boba Fett was the season three premiere. Mm. Those last three mm. episodes were probably the first three episodes of this season initially. And then we would go to the taking of Mandalore and then probably you would then see Din be like, hey, Boba, we're retaking Mandalore. Pay me back the favor I paid you. And then he would be in the in the final part of this season. But that didn't happen, which uh, whatever, you know, I really wish they had stuck to uh, Din Din and Grogu like being like separated for a while, you know, like let us yeah. feel the weight of that. So when Grogu does come back, it feels like exciting and like, oh, we've missed this, but it just you get they gave it, it's like they don't want us ever to be sad or mad, so they're just giving us <laughs> everything they think we want, and it feels mm-hmm. awful. <laughs> I mean, the two episodes they were apart were two episodes of Boba Fett. That Boba Fett wasn't in. Well, I got to see Boba Fett go see the mayor seven times. <laughs> How many times did Boba Fett go to the mayor? That's all he was doing was going to see the mayor. Well, and, I love, but was it Dave Pasquale? <laughs> like, that was a good character. And Brett, didn't you say yeah. that Ming-Na Wen even said she was in Mandalorian season three? Yeah, like, then- they. She, I think she showed her script. She was like, they were all like, we all thought we were making the Mandalorian season three. And it wasn't until that post credit scene of season two, when they flashed the Boba Fett title card, they were all like, oh, I guess we made Boba Fett. <laughs> uh, because when you like, I realized like when you look at like the timelines and stuff of how it all went down, Boba Fett was a show that was on a planet that already existed. So with props, they'd already built mm. with uh, like sets. They didn't have to design and a very small cast because that show was like Boba Fett and two Tusken Raiders and Ming-Na Wen for like three episodes. <laughs> you know, like, so it was like, it, it felt very, this is what we think we can do under COVID protocols that we're still testing out, mm. which yeah, derailed everything, man. That's the worst thing COVID did. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) the biggest crime. Right, I tell everyone, I'm like, well, Brett White said, and I like, because I I think that's such a, like, I I feel like you're right. I feel like there's no way that's not correct. 
Um, yeah, because, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it seems just wild to think that they were going to make. Um, although, I don't know. Now I completely question John Favreau's taste. And I'm like, maybe Boba Fett was the show that he set out to make. I don't know. <laughs> I've questioned his taste since Chef. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mia Bergaro and Scarlett Johansson are in love with John Favreau. This <laughs> defies credulity. <laughs> well, don't forget Courtney Cox originally. Oh, God. Way back in the day. <laughs> Friends, baby. He was on Friends? Yes, that was his big break. I think he got mm. Swingers from Friends. Or I had never, he already done Swingers? I never watched Friends. Swingers is what I first, him and what's his face from. Yeah, he was uh, Monica's uh, rich boyfriend that she did not fall in love with him until she realized he was rich. Mm. But then the he wanted to be a mixed friends. martial arts. He wanted to be a mixed martial artist. And she was like, I can't handle you getting beat up all the time. So... Anyway, um, friends. <laughs> Hammy, what do you what did what did you feel about Moff Gideon popping up at the end there? Yeah, not great. I'll tell you. <laughs> um, I could have taken a little bit more time away from him for sure. I, it just felt rushed. It felt shoehorned in for no reason. It. I mean, that's my critique with the whole thing. I I don't. I'm quiet because I don't have much to say other than it was boring. It didn't make sense, and everything just felt shoehorned. So, like, that will essentially be the answer to most of the questions you ask is, you know, I I like him. Like, I I like the actor. I like when we were first introduced to him. I thought this could. okay, yeah, let's let's do it. And then he didn't need to come back. He just came back and was like, I'm cloning myself. Oh, you got rid of all my clones. Anyway, I'm going to crush the Darksaber that we both want so badly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he had no... There was no menace to him. Like, that's the thing. Like, season yes. two, mm-hmm. his hunt for Grogu, and then when he finally gets him, like, that was such a mind fuck. Uh, like, it was, like, one of the more stressful parts of Star Wars for this essentially live-action Saturday morning cartoon. And there was just none of that in this at all. He just comes back out of nowhere, takes a meeting, puts on some armor, is, like, really, really into the armor. <laughs> <laughs> really, lo- really loved his makeover. He's games. the best scarf queen. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then they were like, they were like, we're gonna go get the, we're gonna go get the Mandalorian. He was like, no, I'll take care of it myself, but also I will bring my incredible red guards to actually do it for me because I don't want to. And I was like, why did you tell them you'd do it yourself? And then you're like, nah, nah, nah. This ain't it. This ain't it. I hate this man. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I guess, uh, I don't know. Positives, positives, anything? I liked the Enzelans. Like I'm like, like Babu Frick was the best part of Rise of Skywalker. (laughs) And so, you know what? I'm an easy date. Put some, no baby, no squeezy. I'm fine with that. (laughs) I like that. And I also loved, uh, Carl Weathers, like translating for Din. Like they were saying stuff that was a parent and then he was like they just said xyz and he's like i i know like, that was cheap easy joke fun um but that's and like- I, I i really liked the design of gorian shard the plant pirate even though ultimately yeah completely pointless and oh, yeah. a diversion and didn't amount to anything yeah i forgot about that because he was like he looked like fucking swamp thing and then he was 
gone. Oh, I got Pizza the Hut vibes from him. Ah, yes. That's that's more correct. Pizza the Hut. (laughs) Love it. Veggie Pizza the Hut. Mark, what did you like about this season? I like anytime there's a spaceship flying around, flying, blowing stuff up. <laughs> I like Bo-Katan spaceship. Like, this is how I'm easy. Like, oh, a spaceship? All right. Um, <laughs> but that's probably all I remember. So oh, I like Jesus. that it was brisk. Most of the episodes were brisk. <laughs> this last episode was 38 minutes. Great. <laughs> you don't have to pay attention. This is the first like time I've watched like a Star Wars show. Like, let me look at my phone for a little bit while this is on. I really don't have to watch every frame of this like I normally feel I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like that it felt uh, low stakes. I do sometimes like a low stakes. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Colin, <laughs> uh, I liked seeing all the battle droids again. They were fun. Oh, oh that I forgot was we did fun. see those again. Yeah. And there is I so much about this season we've not talked you about. You completely forget. Oh, yeah. I know. I'm yeah, just like, wait, what? There were battle droids in this season? <laughs> <laughs> um, I also, I'm a sucker for, you know, space battles and stuff. And I did enjoy the final battle, anticlimactic, though mm-hmm. it may have been. But I really liked seeing the armor flying around, beating everyone with her hammer and that type of thing. That's fun. <laughs> what season, is it Boba Fett or is it season two that, we like because isn't there a season when all the Mandalorians come in to save them? Oh That's yeah, like episode three of season one. Now, right, yeah. right. Like <laughs> when, when they when they come to save specifically uh, Dinjarin. I don't know if there's. I, yeah, it's like I'm picturing a sand planet, and they all fly in to help save him. Yeah, it's like because the grief cargas turned on him, and all the uh, bounty hunters are shooting at him, and like these in like the trash thing. <sighs> Oh, also, Zeb Aurelios was in this season. Who? From Star Wars <laughs> <Yeah>. Rebels. <laughs> Who? That, that happened. <laughs> was that, Big setup for was, Ahsoka, probably. Which character was that? It was a purple lizard man that was in the bar oh, that yeah, talked to him. Kim's yeah, yeah. Convenience guy. <laughs> yeah. He's a, he's a major character. Oh, he was know. the one everyone was like tweeting about, right? I feel like I saw people yeah. being like, oh my god, that character was in Mandalorian. Was him, right? He's a uh, he's one of the Star Wars Rebels crew, which now means that we've seen everyone in live action except for Freddie Prince Jr.'s character. Um, Wait, did we did we see Sarah Michelle Gellar's character already? No, but is she dead? I don't know. She's one of the she's a seventh. She's what seventh sister? She's one of the one Inquisitorious, of which would be fucking awesome. Yeah, to get Sarah Michelle Gellar in there with some black armor and a red lightsaber. Ugh. And that's something I feel like she would do because like, oh. right? Like, yeah, <laughs> you don't think Wolfpack season two is going to impact that? <laughs> 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 Fucking Christ. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I would really like to see the both of them. And I feel like Freddie Prinze Jr. would also do it. But isn't the character oh, like younger? Well, there is a um, there's an inquisitor in uh, the Ahsoka trailer that looks like a female inquisitor. So who knows? Let's start that rumor. Let's get our hopes up. (laughs) She'll be like one of two people they don't bring back. Yeah. (laughs) Because most of the famous ones they've brought back, right? Like most of the famous voice actors that did characters. Well, yeah, because Lars Mikkelsen voiced Thrawn and now he is playing Thrawn. Katie Sackhoff is now playing Bo-Katan. They recast Sabine, uh, which sucks. I liked um. From the good place, can't remember what her name is. Tia Sirkar. Uh Wait, what? What is she in? Have we seen her already? That character? No, she's going to be she's in Ahsoka. Oh, so okay, we've, okay. we've seen her in the trailer. Okay, I only know who that character is because 
um, my straight best friend slash roommate would watch that cartoon, and that was like one of his favorite characters was her. And I think I bought him like the figure of her for Christmas one year. She is cool oh, yeah. looking. She's um, a graffiti artist Mandalorian who isn't religious. I love. Oh, we like that. Um, so I guess I'm trying to think of. Hammy, what are other things we didn't touch upon? I mean, you mentioned. <laughs> oh, God, I don't know. Well, I was thinking about good stuff and like. I love that the Jar Jar guy got his like moment. I was just thinking yes, about right, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I did that made me a little emotional. Um I wouldn't have known that was him unless Twitter had told me before watching the episode, but I I did like I don't know. I like I love Grogu so much and I know it's like yeah, it's fucking cute, whatever. But like, I just love that little gremlin baby so much. He reminds me of like my childhood <laughs> pug. I'm like, let me put my childhood pug in an IG-88 outfit so he can walk around. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> and like, I seen Grogu, like, I don't know, he's so precious and seeing him like deal with this like awful trauma. What like, that did make me a little emotional. Like, I was like, oh, fuck. Um, and like, I felt bad for him. He's like the only, I mean, I guess I don't know Star Wars that well. It's supposed to be he's the only one that survived, or I guess when the plot calls for it, someone else has survived. Oh, a ton of people yeah. survived Order 66. Oh, okay. Freddie Prince Jr. survived Order 66. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> Say, at, at the time, originally, no, no one survived. And then they were like, except all these people that we need. Mm, yeah. Fair. Because yeah. having Jedi are, are, are fun sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Um, yeah. Sparingly. But yeah, I did. I did like that. And I... I felt bad when that Jedi that saved him died. Is that Jedi? I read that he was in like a video game or like a game oh, show. Wait. So yeah, Ahmed Best. I did not know this, but yeah, Ahmed Best played that character on a YouTube Star Wars. This is Legends of the Hinted <laughs> Temple, but with Star Wars <laughs> is what it is. So weird. And, and it was in it was in 2020, and it was like 20 episodes, and he hosted it as Keller and Beck. So and like that's where that character comes from, right? No, yes. else. it's so weird. <laughs> um i i mean i i like he deserves justice right this poor guy had to play fucking jar jar banks like one of the most hated characters so like well when are they going to give jake lloyd a job then he he got (laughs) you know he also got it pretty bad you know that's true when are they going to give george lucas a job he got it worse than everybody (laughs) (laughs) god Uh, phantom menace is better than obi-wan the show uh I don't i'd know. watch I, feel lo- I will rewatch phantom menace i will not rewatch obi-wan i'll put in those two. i liked obi-wan and i don't understand why people don't like it but we don't have to get into that <laughs> uh <laughs> thought it was I, very enjoyable my my thing with anything um i don't know i feel like there's been a lot of like you know how, i mean I feel like the internet does this where it's like something that's bad and then it comes back around and people are like, Oh, you all slept on this. And it's We're like, no, I slept on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've been seeing a lot of that. Apologies in advance, Brett, if you already disagree with me, I've been seeing a lot of that with solo. And that is maybe the thing I hated the most. No, no, I loved, I love. <laughs> I still like solo. <laughs> I, I have, it's my issue with prequels when we already know where they like, we know Han Solo isn't in danger because we know he has <laughs> right. to survive. So like, that's my issue with prequels when they're about a specific character 
whose history we mostly know. I also have that issue with the Oppenheimer trailer because they keep saying like, what if you blow up the world? And like, gee, I wonder if the world blows up. You know, (laughs) (laughs) I got to (laughs) watch. You know, I have not even watched a trailer for that because I've seen it a million times. It looks like the most boring movie ever made. (laughs) Team Barbie, obviously. Obviously. Uh, Oh, well, yeah, duh. But like, I mean, I, uh, Solo was a f- was fun to me. Like mm. it was a stupid fun uh Star Wars romp. I I the dialogue wasn't uh horrible to me. Like that's <laughs> the thing is like I keep thinking uh you know Star Wars isn't known for having the best dialogue. <laughs> sure. But but goddamn Mandalorian season 3 was just really I got this. Good job, kid. Like, the just, whole thing just felt like that, thin. It just felt like thin, underwritten. That one exchange. Yeah. That one exchange between Bo-Katan where she's like, I should have killed you when I had the chance. And then Moff Gideon's like, we've got to stop meeting like this. I'm going to make sure of that. Enough with the pleasantries. <laughs> and it's like, they did that. Like They wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> and then they said it on on stage and everyone was like yeah we're gonna do this this is <laughs> we we've definitely never heard this dialogue before <sighs> yeah i god damn i'm like i want the thing is i want to love the show because i did i think those first two seasons were like fucking fantastic and like not to quote my conservative father but unfortunately i keep going back to like what he told me why he loved Mandalorian because at first I didn't I don't think I started it till like half of season one had already aired and my dad was like oh no I think you'll really like it and he kept saying the reason he liked it so much is because it didn't have too many characters it was very standalone it was like just the story of him and baby Yoda and like I think that is what I loved about it and now that's not the story now it's like we're in a cult religion ha ha look we're now doing and it's like this is boring now like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> Pammy, Pammy, what do you Let think? me tell you something. <laughs> it felt like they gave Pedro Pascal his paycheck. So they're like, like dollars per word. They were like, we need <laughs> the value. We've, we've given him his $200,000. We got to make him work for it kind of thing. Because man, season one, that guy, it was like a John Wick movie. He said yeah. like 12 yes. words that whole season. And now this time it was almost like he was giving exposition. Like he'd be like, we're going to go walk down this hallway. We're going to turn left. You got it. Keep up with me, kid. We're about to turn right. And I was like, you don't have to talk. The, yeah. the robot's going to follow. Like, it felt like everything. No, so what I love about The Mandalorian is I had to watch it because so much would mm-hmm. happen. And this includes like the acting with a helmet on, which I think in season one is phenomenal. There's a couple good moments in season three, but you have to watch it because stuff happens without words. Season three, you could be on your phone the entire time and you (laughs) won't miss a moment of the show because they're narrating the whole thing. They're like, Bo-Katan, you have to fly over there and get him. And she's like, all right, I'm going to go fly over there and get him. And I'm like, (laughs) just fly over there and get him. You don't have to say the words. Anyway, Woo! now I'm riled up. I was too dumb to understand the religion stuff, so this is this is where I get riled up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just... I wonder where like season four will go. God, I realize like I season four would be fucking awesome if it went back to because the season ends with the two of them on like their ranch on Navarro. Mm-hmm. We're back to just the two of them. And I'm like, man, give me a season where it is eight episodes of 
standalone, him and Grogu hunting down Imperial uh, remnants, jailing them, getting their money, and you give it to like Ryan Johnson does one, Taika Waititi does one, Bryce Dallas Howard does one, Ooh, yeah. and just let them do whatever they want. Like make it like Star Wars Visions, the animated show where they gave the animated studios uh, free reign. Like, but no, John Favreau's already written all eight episodes. So <laughs> wait, really? <laughs> yes, and he, he like a year ago, like he was like, I have them all written, and it's like, man, someone. I don't know. Someone tweeted something about like, it feels like it was written by like a guy on vacation. <laughs> like, oh, like, right. This is my, this is how I, the kids are playing in sandcastles. I'm just writing my star Wars. Woo. Like it feels so half-assed. Yeah. yeah I don't see it, how we as an audience are meant to care when I don't feel like the people who made this care all that much either. So why should I care more than they do? I think like Dave Filoni had all the care and yeah. he took it with him when he went to. And he also all this stuff feels like, oh, it's like a different point of view, a different angle on Star. It's not the same Star Wars stories over and yeah. over. He has a very sm- like he walks the fine line of being very reverent, but also very um, objective mm-hmm. at the same time about what works about Star Wars and what doesn't, which is very fascinating. Uh, and somehow the fandom loves him, which I thank God. because <laughs> Jesus Christ, the last person who was both objective and reverent, they uh, called uh, like public enemy number one for no fucking reason. Anyway, uh, <laughs> give Ryan Johnson a whole season of Mandalorian. That's right. I, I want poker face in the Mandalorian universe. Poker space. <laughs> poker space. <laughs> I, you know, I... I wonder if Ryan, I, I couldn't believe Ryan Johnson. I saw that he tweeted like, oh, I would love to write something. I feel like I would be like, I fucking hate these Star Wars assholes. Yeah. Never again if I were Ryan Johnson. <laughs> no, I think he knows that he did a good job. Yeah, yeah. He seems like the nicest man in all of Hollywood. And the fact that they've descended upon him as like the Antichrist is just wild. <laughs> I mean, Because <laughs> he just seems so harmless. <laughs> And like that's a good Star Wars movie. <laughs> yeah, it it's is. fucking great. It's great. <laughs> and like Rise of I mean, wait, so fun fact, Colin, remember our Rise of Skywalker episode? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Poor Colin was the only one that was like, I mean, I kind of liked it, and the rest of us were just screaming over him saying how bad it was. <laughs> I had a good time in the theater. Was <laughs> yeah. My point. It wasn't I've left great. every movie. <laughs> happy or like yeah. emotional in a positive way i have not watched rise of sky War. i've seen it once same that's it i don't feel the need to go I, back. I don't need to actually see how terrible it was because i enjoyed myself in the theater i yeah, do I'm wonder fine. about rise like i do wonder if like in 10 years or 20 maybe needs more but like freed from the burden of exodus will we look at it as just like oh this is their xanadu this is their camp boondoggle this is their like <laughs> yeah. clusterfuck but we could just appreciate it on a camp level like it doesn't have to be a good entry in the skywalker saga anymore it could just yeah. be a goofy dumb movie that's shiny. We have the problem of like, we lived through three, what, two years of expectation. Yeah. We're mm. like in 10 years, if you just watch that trilogy from, you know, watch seven through nine, just watch it in a row. You'll be like, oh, it got kind of weird there at right. the end. But man, sure. That all hangs together. Like how we watch the original trilogy and we get to Jedi and it's like, yes, this all made sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who would love an Ewok? You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, so, I mean, yeah, maybe without the burden of expectation, it'll uh, be fine. I don't know. I'm not saying I, it's good. Listen, I just think we might appreciate it for the, the pure camp of it. Listen, 
I still love Return of the Jedi, Brad. <laughs> that I, I love Return of the Jedi a ton. It's great. <laughs> it's my third favorite of the movies. Oh, all right. Fair. Um, yeah, I mean, I could see kind of the way the prequels have come back. I mean, I never hated them, hated them, but I just never liked them, if that makes right. sense. Like, I felt... Okay, whatever. These look bad. Like that's I felt mostly like they look bad is the like strongest feeling I felt. And I do think they get better as they go. Like Phantom Menace is the worst of them. And yes. then they like get better. Not like great, but they just get better. But at least you um, can tell they were made by a human being. <laughs> For better, you know, warts and all. Like, yeah, there's stuff that's really clunky and bad, but I do get the sense this was made by someone who had something to say, which feels so crazy in the Disney landscape of it all. Like, that never <laughs> happens anymore. It feels like it's made by a focus group. Well, like, I don't know what hmm. John Favreau is as a creator. Well, and the the thing is that the the Doctor Pershing episode did feel like it had something to say of like. Look, mm. both sides are terrible, but then it didn't go anywhere with that. Well, and also like the whole droid episode was, isn't it crazy how we uh, enslave droids, but we also programmed them to kind of have personalities and free will? <laughs> yeah. Does that equal a soul? No, nope. just turn the off button. <laughs> like there's, again, <laughs> skirt any type of interesting conversation. Yeah. And like, I was even thinking that with IG-88 because like Grogu clearly loves that robot, right? Like, he has fond memories of him, um, but it, you know they reanimated his corpse to give it as a thing. <laughs> shoved him inside of a it. new toy for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, Star Wars loves like, putting people inside carcasses. It's their thing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> keeps <That> is... happening. <laughs> Luke uh, loved that tauntaun. Love yeah. it. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I I guess that is a thing they do, and like I actually will. Brett, your pitch for season four. I will love that. Like for me, I'm like, yes, get back to that. Just them. They live on this cute little ranch. He's like a single gay dad raising his gremlin mm. baby. Like, I will, I will love it. The planet well, looks it ends Go ahead. with the promise of he's going back to his bounty hunting ways and right. you know, hunting down Imperials, but it's going to be this is how we're going to hunt down Imperials, but in the background, this is how the first order came to be. Yeah. I mean, all of this is also, you know, building towards Dave Filoni's movie that was just announced. So, you know, got, you know, got to do all that. So do we don't know what that's even going to be about or anything? Well, no, like it's, it's, it's it's the, it's the culmination of, yeah, this time of Ahsoka, Boba Fett, Mandalorian, skeleton crew, like all those casts all coming together. So finally, yeah, Finally, I, <laughs> I've wanted to see Jude Law acting opposite the guys in the Mando suit. <laughs> I I will say I consistently forget the timeline of Mandalorian. Um, Same, like yeah. I I I'm always like, oh right, this is after the first trilogy. Yeah, sometimes I'm like, wait, this is before New Hope, right? Oh wait, no, no, not <laughs> at all, not at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, what's wild is when you think about it, it's like Bo-Katan is literally. 30 years older in this than she was at the end of Clone Wars, where she was, I think, a full-grown adult. That's like, what that headband is doing. She's like pulling her face <laughs> back. Whole, I think. Like RuPaul has one of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's powered, uh, powered headband. <laughs> Wait, is she really like 30 years older? Because that woman is not... Yeah. Yeah, 20 in the Clone 20 Wars. years yeah she's on a like 20 years past between revenge of the sith and a new hope and then this is nine years after a new hope god <sighs> so maybe she's in her 20s in the you know clone wars time? yeah so, so i mean katie sackoff is playing yeah. older 
Um, and same thing is with Rosario Dawson, like all these rebels people. And it's like, we're not talking about how like they should have got like Hella Mirren to play. Yeah. <laughs> at, least, at least with Ahsoka, it's like, all right, she's an alien. She's I an think, alien. Who knows? Sure. <laughs> Fine. She doesn't age. Sure. I don't care. Um, but and maybe the same with Mandalorians. I don't know. I guess. Yeah. Uh, I would. I, I just I genuinely would love to read like a oral history of season three and how Pedro Pascal was only there for 10 minutes one day. Like you I, even me, I think me they, he was recording in his like trailer up in wherever Canada. Probably they could do crazy the, stuff with AI. I wouldn't be surprised if this is just a Pedro Pascal bot that you program in like <laughs> uh, dialogue. Cause there's no like emotion in the read line readings this season. Anyways, it might as well. That's be. what they did with. That's what they did with Luke Skywalker and yeah. uh, look of Boba Fett. So. Which is insane. Like he never filmed anything, right? For Book of Boba for Fett. For that, he was on set for the season two finale, right? And not to talk about Star Trek, but I'm going to talk about Star Trek for a second. <laughs> they are liberally recasting Spock's left and right with different actors, and it's so much more like freeing. You could you don't have to think about like, oh, how are they making that digital Mark Hamill mask? You know what I mean? You're just like <laughs> yeah. watching an actor do a performance, and it's so much easier. Uh, more satisfying as an audience member. I I have been meaning to catch up on the current Star Trek universe because I did love it as a kid. I just haven't. I heard good things about the Picard finale. After I'm um, done oh recording God, so this, good. I'm watching the finale. <laughs> oh, nice. I haven't watched any of Picard, but only because I didn't have whatever the fuck it started Paramount with. Plus. CBS? No, uh, what it started on. Oh, yeah, yeah. All Access. Well, CBS All Access, which is now Paramount yeah. Plus. So I didn't have that, but then my brother got Paramount Plus, so now I have Paramount Plus. You could jump um, right to season three. You don't need to bother with the first two. I was going to ask that because I've heard that the first two weren't that great. A little wonky. Yeah. But anyway. They're um, fun. Yeah, and I get don't, a lot of Seven of Nine, which is great. True. We never met at that. I didn't mind the like sparse use of the AI CGI. Like... Rogue One, I know a lot of people hated that Princess Leia. I loved it. It was two seconds. I don't give a shit if it's yeah, yeah, two seconds. Yeah. And like, and it does literally end a yes. second before the first right. one. So yeah. Kinda. So like for me, that works. Or like even Luke coming in at the very end of, was it season one? Season two. Uh, season, season two. two. Season two. Yeah. I didn't the mind series that. series finale as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I didn't mind <laughs> that even, even though it was like longer. But like, okay, we're just getting to a point. But then we're using him and it's like, what the fuck are we doing with like, Boba Fett, he was like in it a lot. And it's, I don't know. I just, that's when it bothers me. If it's like a quick whatever, sure. Do the AI CGI bullshit. But when it's like an actual, they're making it an actual character. I'm like, this is right. Because part of your brain knows it's not real. Like, you know, that's yeah. not Mark Hamill there. Like in Rogue One, the thing that like a lot of people talk about the Leia thing that didn't bother me at all. The thing that bothered me most was Grand Moff Tarkin because he sure. looked like a weird mannequin. <laughs> yeah. Hammy, what do you think about the weird CGI shit? <laughs> <laughs> well, in season one, which I prefer to season three. Um, no, I don't. I don't have a particular for or against. It definitely looks wonky, but like. All CGI kind of looks fucking wonky mm-hmm. at this point. I, and we're just going to get more of it. So I, I don't know. I'm just going to I'm going to take it and go with it. I'm just more upset that he never took his helmet off and Pedro Pascal was never there. And the whole AI of his voice thing when you guys were talking about it really kind of freaked me out because I was like, what? Maybe it is. There's no reason <laughs> for it not to be. <laughs> Katie already said that she's given up her voice to Disney. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> and oh, right, like, she yeah. did. Yeah, she basically was like, yeah, I'll sell my voice. I don't care. And I was like, oh, shit, this is just going to be the future. I mean, yeah, it 
It is. Well, like, yeah, yeah. That's a larger question because I'm just like, we don't. We're people, man. <laughs> <laughs> we are people. Oh, whatever. <laughs> why, why, why do we hate ourselves? Humans well, and like, like, like humanity. <laughs> well, and like you said, Mark, I do think not only is that easier to like just like have an actual actor, but it, it it's better and easier. It feels like, yeah, then you don't have to worry about like, I don't know. And like you said, we're humans. I can. Yes, I know that actor's dead. So it's fine that they've recast him. I'm not going to be right. mad that they didn't reanimate a corpse. Like, OK, yeah. <laughs> We'll get older, whatever, sure. It was the same problem I had. This isn't CGI, but like it's kind of reminds me of like when I saw the whale, which I don't recommend. But like the whole half the time I'm watching the whale, I'm, I'm thinking, like, wow, that's a really amazing fat suit. Like, I'm not <laughs> thinking of the performance or what this character is thinking. I'm just thinking, wow, that's an amazing piece of technology. <laughs> which I don't think is good. Yeah. yeah that's the art, you know, really. <laughs> yeah. The, the story of the human condition. Brett, I'm curious. Oh. Where do you think the Dr. Pershing plot is going to go? Do we think he's going to pop back up? No. Uh, 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 I don't. Because I thought he I was mean, like explicitly guess, dead. Like I thought she killed him when she turned that up. And it seems like his brain's just fried and he's probably like amnesiac. And honestly, you know what? I would love to forget if I had his life. <laughs> Please erase all of it. Put me in that machine. Just let me fucking like work at an antique store on Coruscant (laughs) with hot, hot uh, Eric Selvig. No, what's his name? Stellan (laughs) Skogsgaard. Oh, God. Luthen, work me, Danny. Whatever. I did appreciate that we got a gay villain. (laughs) I was like, oh, good for her. She's a gay villain. Um, Oh, yeah. yeah. What a year she's having with uh, Ant-Man in the Wasp and Quantumania now. Oh, yeah. Hemi, did you know that? Because you really liked her, didn't you? In Quantumania? Whatever her name, Jerrica. No, I haven't even seen Quantumania. (laughs) I literally listened to your guys' podcast review (laughs) and was like, no, that movie's not going to be for me. I'll wait. (laughs) All right. So, (laughs) Brent, what was your favorite part of this season? It was either him hugging not Babu Frick or just hitting the no. Yes. No. Yeah, that's that's. Yeah, those are my favorite parts of this season. Colin? I'm going to say the scene where he saves, uh, where Grogu saves Din from being captured. And then they go fight whatever and do their thing. Hammy? I liked the really weird droid that he tried to fight with the Darksaber where he like couldn't really use the Darksaber at all. Like it was almost too heavy for him to use. And I just thought the droid was really cool. That's like... The scene that stands out for me in the whole season, sadly. I don't even remember that, honestly. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Uh, Mark? I liked the glowing popsicles on Coruscant. And I can't wait to try those at Galaxy's Edge. Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) They look great. I like that. (laughs) I forgot about that. Um, And Tim Meadows. (laughs) Remember Tim Meadows was on this for a hot second? And Doc from Back to the Future. Oh, yeah. yeah. For Lloyd was in he this. looks so uh, frail. I was like, oh, I hope somebody's like watching him. What is I, it? <laughs> I'm glad you just said that, Mark, because I was like, oh, does that mean if I say, oh, wait, Mark's saying it anyway. Because <laughs> he looked like, it, I don't even think that was him standing up, right? Like he was sitting most of the time. And when he stood when he stood up, I had to rewind it because I was like, what the fuck was that? Because it felt like they did like a weird Looked like a marionette for a second or something. yeah whatever but yeah the casting this season was very weird with all the like lizzo jack black tim meadows uh christopher lloyd and like oh. there were other people too um but 
I think my favorite part was it was definitely Grogu in the IG-88 because I just that's that's charming right that's what we we he's already a fucking dad why yeah. do we need to say that at the end we already knew that this is a cute parenting moment where like Grogu's allowed to be a little bit of a terror but he's not being like you know he's just being like a weird kid because he is a weird I kid yeah Remember when he kept eating that frog lady's embryos? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> he was like, he is definitely like murdering <laughs> children. <laughs> Just eating them. Love it. Love it. <laughs> oh. What grade do we give this season, Mark? Uh, C minus. All right. All right. That's not, I thought you were going to give it an F. So <laughs> I, there's been, I've seen worse Star Wars. Fair, fair. Uh, Hammy. Uh, a, a D. All right. Colin? I'll go D plus for Disney plus. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Brandy. Another girl. Uh, Brett? Oh, God. I mean, uh, I mean, as an over, as an uh, overachiever in high school, I will give this like a C minus, but know that that is probably other people's Fs. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I think I give C minus as well. Well, thank you all for joining me (laughs) (laughs) for this cheery conversation. (laughs) Brett, thank you for taking the lead on this. Um, I knew you'd have more to say than I'm like, not good. And you have more. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And I hope that I hope that this is the last I have to talk about it. (laughs) We're done. We're moving on. Delete. Um, thank you all for listening if you like SlayerFest98 you can find us on Apple Podcasts YouTube Spotify and anywhere else you get your podcasts you can support us on Patreon where you can get access to all of our bonus episodes like me and Brett talking Book of Bubba Fett Um, and you can access our Zoom Patreon calls and if you want to find us on social we are at SlayerFestX98 if you want to follow me I am at IanXCarlos Brett where can everyone find you? Can find me on uh, tw- well, Twitter and Instagram, but hey, am I am I me on Twitter? Who knows? I'm not verified anymore. <laughs> wow. Let the doppelgangers reign at, at Brett White. <laughs> you can also follow my uh, fledgling drag career at, at Barb Hardly on Instagram and YouTube, where I have a new drag uh, web series, Stop Dragging Your Heels. So yes, have fun. Um, and Hammy, where can everyone find you? You can find me on Instagram at Hammy73 or Michael.ham.cosplay if you want to follow my cosplay work. And yeah, that's it for me. Colin, where can everyone find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Brett White. And, <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> uh, I'm there and Instagram at CSmith03. And Mark? Uh, you can Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Mark Rennie. Ooh. I'll push my Letterboxd account. <laughs> I signed up for it once when I was super stoned, did like 10 lists and then never opened it again. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, all right, well, everyone. Well, we will see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.